Um, I'm going to read a passage from John chapter 20 now and then hand over to Adrian who'll be speaking about that. Mary was standing outside the tomb crying and as she wept she stooped and looked in. She saw two white-robed angels, one sitting at the head and the other at the foot of the place where the body of Jesus had been lying. Dear woman, why are you crying? The angels asked her. Because they have taken away my Lord, she replied, and I don't know where they have put him. She turned to leave and saw someone standing there. It was Jesus, but she didn't recognise him. Dear woman, why are you crying? Jesus asked her. Who are you looking for? She thought he was the gardener. Sir, she said, if you have taken him away, tell me where you have put him and I will go and get him. Mary, Jesus said. She turned to him and cried out, Rabboni, which is Hebrew for teacher. Don't cling to me, Jesus said, for I haven't yet ascended to the Father. But go find my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene found the disciples and told them, I have seen the Lord. Then she gave them his message. The wonder of technology there, like from Lucy to me. In a moment, we're going to look at that story that Lucy has just shared. But before we get there, I'm going to get us to look at a quote. But before we look at that quote, just to remind you, we're looking uh, in these moments of how do we live with uncertainty? And my guess is as different ones of us heard the news on uh, Thursday that we're facing another three weeks of lockdown, that we'd have all felt it differently. For some of us would have been like, oh, okay, fine. For others of us, maybe like, oh no. Uh, and probably for most of us, somewhere in between. And like, as we live with uncertainty, it affects us all in a different way. However, Jesus comes as meets us in that uncertainty and offers us a life, a life to know, a life to share and a life to display. And in a moment, we're going to look at another attribute of that life that he offers us. But before we get there, I just want to read a quote from a pope, actually, Pope Benedict XVI. Uh, hopefully that will appear on your screens. But he said this, at a time of world food shortage, of financial turmoil, of old and new forms of poverty, of disturbing climate change, of violence and deprivation, which forced many to leave their homelands in search of a less precarious form of existence, of the ever-present threat of terrorism, of growing fears over the future, it is urgent to rediscover grounds for hope. Pope Benedict said this over 10 years ago, and I believe that his words ring out even clearer today, that we need to find grounds for hope. And Jesus, in the life that he offers us in these moments of uncertainty, is hope. He offers us a ground for hope. And the hope is him himself, that Jesus is our hope, that part of what he reveals through his resurrection is a hope to know now and a hope that will see us through to the future. And it's a hope that has substance. And I want us to look at that as we get to explore this story together. You see, we find in this story that Lucy read that Jesus brings hope in reality, that he meets Mary in her tears, in her distress, in her heartache, in her concern, in her questioning. And as he meets her, he 
asks her, asks her how she's feeling and, and what she's doing. He's interested and wants to understand her reality. And as we've looked at in previous weeks, it isn't that Jesus didn't understand, but he wants to hear from her. And the same is true for us, that Jesus comes and meets us in our realities, in our moments where we're with tears or filled with concerns or anxiety or questions. And it's into that place that Jesus comes and asks us, like, how are we doing? How are we feeling? And I guess the first question is, like, are we responding? Are we spending time daily coming to Jesus and just saying, like, this is how I'm doing? Because, you see, it's as we face our reality that Jesus then comes alongside to bring his hope. And you see, what we find with Mary is that by the end of the story, through the hope that Jesus reveals to her, her whole demeanor and situation has changed. She's gone from a lady full of tears to a lady full of joy, longing to share this amazing hope she's found with her other friends. My hope is in this brief moment, we too get to taste and see that afresh, or maybe for the first time now. See, Jesus, in meeting Mary, in her reality and meeting us in our reality comes and reveals that he brings hope and a hope of substance. See, the hope that he brings is in this moment in the fact that he's resurrected. This hope isn't based in something that is to come or might happen. It's actually based in a fact that has happened. It's based in who he is, Jesus, the resurrected one. It's based in his life, death and resurrection. And this hope that he brings is a hope for us to enjoy today. It's a hope for us to enjoy throughout our lives and a hope for us to look forward to that is to come. Because it's a hope of substance. It's a hope of substance that Mary gets to see and experience herself as she gets to know it's a hope that promises that we're known. I don't know about you, but I find it profoundly, overwhelmingly, emotionally impactful and that's a pack full of words of he's there but it just does it just undoes me because in this moment as mary is crying alone in the garden jesus comes alongside and calls her by name he calls her by name see as he names her he is saying to her that he knows her this isn't a stranger this is someone who knows her who understands her and Mary, as she hears him call her name, suddenly she realizes the one who's calling her name. It's the one that she knows. It's the one that she knows who's Jesus, who brings her comfort, who brings her dignity, who brings her honor, who brings her peace. This is the one that she's known by. This is the one that she knows. And this hope speaks to every single one of us that we're known. That Jesus stands in the reality of our situation and calls out our name. Because he knows you and he knows me. And as we hear him call our name, we get to remember who it is who's calling. It's one who offers us all the peace we need, all the comfort we could ever desire, all the strength that we need. It's one who overwhelmingly loves us. But it's not only the hope of being known, 
It's also this hope of substance is one of relationship. You see, Jesus quickly says that actually everything's changed now through his resurrection, that he's one who now is able to say to Mary, now my father is our father. The hope he offers is one of relationship, that we're now caught up in the family of God, the the family, the eternal family of Father, Son, and Spirit, who've always existed in and through love, that we're now caught up in that family. As Mary was in that moment, she realized everything's changed. I'm now part of this eternal, loving family. And what hope that brings, that you and I are now part of that eternal, loving family. Or maybe you're listening in thinking, well, I've never really put my faith and trust in Jesus. Maybe this is the moment where you get to see, oh, this is what's on offer. Hope, hope that you are known. Hope for you to have a relationship, to be part of this family, because this family changes everything. Changes everything for me, changes everything for you. It causes us to know value and identity, that we're unconditionally loved and now part of this family. That's where our identity and value comes from, not through what we achieve or, or what we've done or, or the bad things we've done. They don't determine us anymore. Rather, we're determined by the fact we are now part of this family. But it's also that we get to know provision, that we have a father who is out for our good, a father who is above all, a father who is a creator, who out of love longs to provide everything you need and everything I need. But it's also a family where we get to know we belong. That we get to know that we're not just single individual humans connected to this God family. Rather, that we as humans become part of this family. Therefore, it changes how we connect with one another. Suddenly, even though we can't see each other in person, we still belong. We still share in each other's successes. We still share in each other's suffering we belong together. That's why when we hear these stories of people in the NHS who are part of our family here in Oasis, we get to remember actually their story is our story. And it's been demonstrated in so many different ways, but it's not only value and identity, provision, belonging, but it also gives us this sense of purpose, this hope of relationship. You see, we're part of a family that isn't exclusive. It's a family that's always seeking to include others. We get to display the wonder of what this family is about. A family that's all about love. Well, we get to continuously reveal that to everyone and anyone in order that they'd know the call they too can be included into this family. So Jesus presents us this hope that has substance of being known. A hope that is about relationship. We're now part of this family. But also it's a hope that is earthed. See, there seems to be this case of mistaken identity where Mary thinks that Jesus is the gardener. And you're like, all right, why is that bit of information there? Well, John, who's the writer of this account of Jesus' life, death and resurrection, never put things in by mistake. He always put little moments in in order that they kind of spark a moment of interest and kind of become this hyperlink to something else. And so when he talks of Jesus being mistaken as the gardener, He's calling us to remember, hey, I wonder why he's the gardener. Like, it suddenly reminds us of some other humans who are gardeners. 
Some humans who were gardeners at the very beginning of the story of the Bible in Genesis, who were given this command to go as images of God, to be those who cultivate the earth with God's goodness. And what happens as we know the story is that the humans kind of think, well, maybe we know better. Maybe it isn't God's goodness we should do. Maybe we'll do it in our goodness. And basically everything breaks and we're living in the consequences of that moment still now. And yet Jesus in his resurrection says actually part of what he's come to do is right what was wrong there. Because he comes to restore the fact that he is the ultimate gardener. He's the one who's come to cultivate the whole of the earth in order that it will be filled with his goodness and his unfailing love. And so you get this picture at the very end of the Bible in Revelation 21, 22, of what it looks like when the earth is finally cultivated by this amazing gardener, Jesus. And we find it's a place where there's love and justice, comfort and mercy, healing, belonging, forgiveness, peace, beauty, safety, where there's no more pain or death isn't that good, where there's honour and where it lasts forever. See, Jesus offers us a hope that is to come, a hope that is concrete, a hope that promises everything will be put right. His goodness and his love will fill this earth because he's going to cultivate it too. And you see, the thing is, it isn't that we just have to wait. It's also that he now calls us as the great gardener to join him in cultivating this earth. Probably my favorite quote is one by N.T. Wright, which will appear on our screens now. And N.T. Wright says this, Jesus's resurrection is the beginning of God's new project, not to snatch people away from earth to heaven, but to colonize earth with the life of heaven. That, after all, is what the Lord's Prayer is all about. I love this quote because what it means is we're not here treading water until the earth is fully cultivated and reveals what we see in Revelation 21, 22, of it being filled with God's goodness and God's love. Rather, we now get to partner with Jesus in filling this earth with his goodness and love. Which means that it always starts small. Jesus said that it always starts small, like a a small mustard seed, but it will grow. You see, this hope that is to come, we get to reveal now and it gets sown as we deliver food and make calls to vulnerable elderly people. It gets sown as we care for the sick in hospitals, offering them glasses of water. It gets sown as we drop baked goods to bring joy to someone's household. It gets sown as we choose to take a pay cut in order that everyone knows it's equal. It gets sown when we stand on our doorsteps with our neighbours applauding at 8pm on Thursday night. It gets sown as we drop a text to someone who may think they've been forgotten, but they're not. See, these moments announce that there is hope. Jesus gets the final word. Therefore, as we live with uncertainty, Jesus meets us in our reality and offers us hope. A hope that says we're known. A hope that promises relationship. And a hope that is earthed. And so my prayer now for you and for me is this. I pray that we would know this hope 
and experience it individually. I pray that we would show this hope and share it within one another. As different ones of us struggle, that we'd begin to speak hope into situations. And I pray that we be those that display this hope to the world around.